Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. You know, I was sitting over thinking how strategic the Lord is to give me a message about the battle plan when we're about to hit revival. You know, and we're going to be praying for a revival, but I have just a kind of an inkling that we're going to be in revival by the time Gary Clowers gets here. Because you know what? That's usually the way it happens. Because we're expecting, we raise our level of expectancy. What we need to do is after Gary Clowers is gone is keep that level of expectancy right there. Right there. Amen. I'm talking about what's your battle plan. Why do we have to have a battle plan? The Lord's already won the victory. He's already won the battle. But why do we have to have the battle plan? Because the enemy's stupid and he's just going to try anyway to defeat you because he knows he's already lost. And what he's wanting to do is he's wanting to distract you from what God's called you to do. Or he's wanting to take as many people as he can to hell with him because he knows his end. I'm telling you, the devil knows his end, right? And evidently, the lake of fire has got to be something of astronomical proportions if it is going to torment the devil forever, okay? Because he lives in hell, but evidently, that lake of fire is just going to be something else. I'm talking about what's your battle plan? I want to draw your attention, first of all, to Luke chapter 14, verse 28, because it says, For which of you... Intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it. Now, when I read that scripture, automatically my mind goes to finances. Finances to build that tower. But I looked at the Darby translation of that scripture, and it says, For which of you, desirous of building a tower, does not sit down, does not first sit down and count the cost, if he have what is needed to complete it? The question is, does your battle plan have what you need to complete to the finish line, right? Now, remember last week we talked about in Ephesians chapter 4 that God gave apostles, prophets, and and, and all those folks. And what they were there for? They were there for the perfecting of the saints, right? Perfecting means to completely furnish. It's our responsibilities as pastors and apostles and prophets and teachers and preachers to, to furnish you with what you need to defeat the devil. What happens a lot of times, and I've I've shared this with you before, what happens a lot of times is we give you what you need, and we say, okay, don't do this, do this. Scripture says don't do this, and Scripture says do that, and you go out and do just the opposite. Anybody ever done that? I have. Nobody else? Just me and Lola? Okay, so make sure. Okay, we are participatory here. means feel free to raise your hand, okay? So I'm not all there by myself. What's your battle plan? We talked about uh, that they were given into the church because there's a harvest out there. Luke 10.2 tells us that the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. A lot of times we hate that word because it means we have to do something. I've told people for years, I'm, I'm allergic to physical labor. I am. I've sat in an office chair for 35 years. But, you know, I can get out and do some stuff. I can do that. I don't necessarily like it. I don't necessarily like going door to door, Pastor Mike. 
I don't necessarily like hearing the Lord say, why don't you just witness to that person at Walmart? But do you do it anyway? Let me tell you, church, there's going to come a time, and, and I, I've, you know, I've been in uh, the Cincinnati Red Stadium, and I've been in these big places where there's 18, 20,000 people, and my mind goes to the fact at some point in the future, every person in wherever I was at, every one of them, their mind is going to be on Jesus Christ. It's not going to be how much they make. It's not going to be how much stuff they have. You know, who was it, who was it the richest man in the world this week? Let's see. It's either Jeff Babos or Bill Gates or Warren Buffett. I mean, one of them is worth, uh, uh, there was somebody worth almost a trillion dollars. A, tra- a, a trillion dollars. I can barely spell to it, trillion, or say it anyway. But you know what? At, at some point, it's going to come to naught. At some point, he's going to have to make that decision that we made, whether to, to accept Jesus Christ or not. So we're to furnish, completely furnish the saints, so the saints and all of us can go out into the harvest field because the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. The Bible says in 2 Peter, and I'm just reminding you, okay, because the first two arsenals, or the first two weapons in our arsenal are what? Reading and praying. Reading and praying. Reading and praying. Why do you always say that? Because we haven't gotten it yet. We haven't gotten it yet. The reason we need to read the Word of God is because mainly, aside from when the pastor gets up to preach, mainly this is how he speaks to us. With through his word, in the beginning was the, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So how do you treat God? Does he stay on the coffee table the whole time? So the point is this, is we have to get into the word. So read and pray. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 9 says that the Lord reminds us that he wants everybody to come to repentance. He wants us all to come to repentance. So, and I touched a little bit on this last week, but I ran out of time. The third weapon of our battle plan in our arsenal is faith. Everybody say faith. Faith. Okay, and and Nicole, you know, you blew my mind. She just blew it. Because she and her testimony, and you did a fabulous job Sunday. You really did. Go ahead, you can give her a hand. That's okay. It's all right. The Bible says, honor, you know, give honor to whom honor is due. But she said that one of the biggest things that the Lord taught her through all this was to teaching her about uncircumstantial faith. Now, that's not a big word to most people, but I, it just clicked with me. Because, to be honest, when people that are drug addicted, and please, please don't ever, ever, ever shun anybody that comes in that's drug addicted. If a prostitute walks in here and she's not so well dressed, don't shun her. What happens if if a gay or lesbian couple comes in? Don't shun them. We don't hate the person, it's the sin that we hate. We need to understand that. And that's the message we need to get across to the world. Because the world thinks the church hates the person. And that's just so not true, right? So uncircumstantial faith. A lot of times people, they're going through marriage problems, okay? Let's say they're separated. They'll come to church. They want their marriage restored. They give their life to Christ. 
And what I try to tell them is I say, listen, okay, give your life to Christ and serve him whether the marriage works out or not. Now I can use the uncircumstantial word. Thank you. Because there's so many circumstances that we knowingly or unknowingly place on the Lord. Well, Lord, I'll do this if the circumstance is right. No, no. No, in, in, in Hebrews, it says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, believe it first, whether you see it or not. Okay? Let me, let me tell you what the word... Now, now, faith is the assurance or the confidence of things hoped for, the proof of things not seen. So, Pastor Mike, what are you talking about? It's just... Faith is sometimes you just know when you know her. Anybody got to know her? Yeah. You just know when you know her that it's going to work out. You just know when you know her that God's going to move. And can I tell you that what you do is you look back on your life and see where God's brought you from and see what he's brought you through to this point so you can have faith for the next big thing that you're going through. But understand this. The Lord allows us to fight our battles. Okay. He allows us to fight our battles to defeat the devil. But he, God has already won the victory. It's just the devil's just too stupid to know it. Now, faith. Everybody has faith. Cherry, you have faith. Erica, you have faith. Michelle, you have faith. Jim, you have faith. Excuse me, Jeff Babos, you have faith. Warren Buffett, you have faith. Well, do you know if they're saved or not? No, I don't. But my point is this. Everybody has faith. How do you know that? How do you know that everybody has faith? How do you know, how, how many people you know that are not saved that they start their car? How many people that you know that are not saved that take a shower every day? Or, dear God, we hope they do. Okay. It, it think about it. I know it's simplistic. But think about it. It takes faith for me to turn that key in that car for it to turn on. Does it not? Right. It takes faith for me to turn that water on, that it's going to come out of that spigot, for me to take a shower. Everybody has faith. The question is, is where are you putting your faith? The Bible says there's one faith, one Lord, one baptism. It, I cringe when I hear on TV they talk about, you know, people that stand up for, they, they stand up and there's different faiths. You know, there's one faith, it's just who you have faith in. Okay. I'm talking about faith, and that's what we're going to talk mainly about tonight because in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17, uh, actually, let me go back, Steve, just a little bit. I don't think I included these, but I was looking over the Scripture earlier today, and I wanted to read these as well, if I can find it really quick. In Hebrews chapter 11, <clears throat> verse 4, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Steve didn't have these, so that's not his fault. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Abel offered unto God. Verse 5, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. By faith, right? Number 6, watch this. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to him must believe that he is. Settle it. Either he's God or he's not. And I don't know about you, but Jehovah is God. Jesus Christ is his son. The Holy Ghost is the comfort. And they may make up a triune Godhead in heaven that rule this whole world and galaxy. Amen. By faith, 
Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark by the save, to the saving of his house, by which he commended, I'm sorry, by which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith, Noah built an ark for 120 years, and it hadn't rained a drop. It hadn't rained a drop. Do you know how foolish he looked to the world? Because to most Christians, he would have looked foolish too, because he did it for 120 years. We've been waiting on the vision for 28 years. Do I think that looks stupid? No, because I know it's coming. I know the vision's coming. You know, Noah knew that rain was coming. That's why he continued. And if I'm not mistaken, not one person, not one person got saved in 120 years. Not one. And just imagine how much doubt the enemy tried to put in his mind and how much fear he tried to put in his mind. But he trusted and had faith in God. By faith, Noah built the ark. Now we're going to go a little bit further. By faith, Abraham, when, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place, which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. God said, step out. Abraham said, yes, sir, and he had no idea where he was going. I wonder what Sarah did. Now listen, I, I am convinced that all the apostles and all the prophets and all the men of old, they were just men and women just like we are. I think some wives would have looked at you and said, are you stupid? You're going somewhere where you have no idea where you're going? Because let's face it, ladies, do you not like to plan things out? Do you not like to know what's going on, ladies? Absolutely. And you know what? Us men do that a lot of times, too. We like to know what we're doing. You know, I don't like... Sometimes we have to go by blind faith. I don't necessarily like it, but sometimes we have to do that by faith. I'm talking about your battle plan needs to include faith. By faith, when Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac and that... That had he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son by faith. Now, listen, Abraham was 75 when Sarah got pregnant. No, it wasn't. No, the promise was at 75. They didn't have her until she was 99 and he was 100. He waited 25 years for this boy. They waited 13 years for a boy. I'm just saying. But he waited 25 years for a boy, and God asked him to give up the most special thing in his life. Think about that. You know, I'd like to be really super spiritual here and say, man, I'm right there. But you know what? I, I don't know. I love my boys. I love my grandbabies. I don't know that I could do it. But Abraham did it. Abraham did it. And then what did God do? Abraham exercised his faith. God honored his faith and provided the ram. <laughs> Amen. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. Verse 21, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning upon the top of his staff. He was dying, but he still worshiped. What about that? He was dying, but he still worshiped. When you feel like you're dying, I, I dare you to worship. God will bring you out of it. And I'm not necessarily talking about physically dying. I'm talking about dying on the inside. Can I tell you that you can worship even when you're dying on the inside? How do I know that? Because I've done it, been there and done that. I don't like it, but I continue to worship. 
when it seemed like all hell was breaking loose, you can worship your way out of the dungeon into the palace. Mm, mercy, mercy. By faith, you need to have faith in your battle plan. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandments. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid of his parents. It was his parents' faith that kept Moses. It wasn't Moses' faith. How do you know? He was three months old. He was three months old. Your faith can save somebody else from what they're going through. That's the reason we need to be prayed up. We need to be read up. We need to have, be full of the Holy Ghost at all times so that we can help those that we come in contact with because they are searching. They are searching for something that will change their life. And I'm telling you, the only thing that's going to change their life for eternity is Jesus Christ. Not the lottery, not good works, but Jesus Christ himself. I'm talking about what's your battle plan? Does it include faith? By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the, Pharaoh's, uh, be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. <clears throat> By faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now understand this. He didn't know anything else. All he knew was mom, who was Pharaoh's daughter, and he was taught that way until he came to the realization of who he really was. Moses had it made. He was second in the kingdom. You know how it goes. It's the father, and when he dies, then the eldest son takes over. Moses had it made, but he would not allow that to happen because that was not his true identity. By faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the riches of the treasures in heaven. For he had respect unto the compensation of reward. That's what that word there means. Recompense means compensation. Can I tell you that we are not saved by our works? Okay. But what we do, God is going to compensate us for when we get there. And I, I dare say he does it sometimes while we're here too. But God is going to compensate you. I, was, I heard on the news today that in Frankfurt they passed a or <clears throat> The governor vetoed a bill that would change uh, teachers' um, Retirement plan starting, next, starting January 1st, where they go to a 401k plan or something like that, that they'll change it. It's their compensation plan. But the compensation plan of the Father is not only get to, to get you to heaven, but he wants to see you in royalty yourself, you see. He wants, he wants to see you in all of the splendor of heaven. I'm talking about your battle plan. What's your battle plan? Does it include faith? If it doesn't, I encourage you to allow your faith to be elevated. By faith, he forsook Egypt, talking about Moses, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he forsook Egypt. You can forsake bondage by faith. 
Faith, what's the opposite of faith? Sight, what you see. What you see in front of you is not necessarily the truth. But you can escape the land of bondage by faith. And I'm going to end. No, I got to. Oh, good. I got some time. Good. Good. We'll go keep going. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. And I come across some scripture or, or a commentary uh, when, uh, well, actually it was in a book. And it was talking about that when Herod had sent the armies to kill the babies that were two years old and below because he wanted to kill Jesus and couldn't find him because God outsmarted the devil again, right? And, and most of the time I'm thinking, okay, they're, they're riding around on their horses and they're killing the babies and stuff like that. But the graph, the little bit more graphic was that sometimes they took them and they smashed their heads to the ground and killed them. Or they... I'll just leave it at that. It's not, see, that's the reason when we get into the Word, we need to dig things out because the Word doesn't necessarily bring out every detail. And sometimes it's important that we know those things. I have not seen the whole movie through, but the, I've seen parts of The Passion of the Christ, and it makes you sick. I mean, it just makes you sick of what Christ went through. But you know what? He did it by faith. Did Jesus have faith? Absolutely. How do you know that? Because he had faith when he said, Lazarus, come forth. Amen? I'm talking about faith in your battle plan today. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as, as by dry land, which the Egyptians, a saying to do, were drowned. Okay, I, I usually, that, that's how I read that. That's how I've always taken it. But when I looked up the word, a saying... By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, while the Egyptians stood there and examined and analyzed what was going on. The, the, the uh, children of Israel went through on dry land, and while the Egyptians were standing there analyzing things, they drowned. Sometimes you can wait too long to go when you need to go. When God says go, go. When God says no, no, it means no, Right? And, and, and I've heard preachers say before that, uh, you know, that they were, the children of Israel followed the cloud by day and the pillar by night. And there were times that, that the pillar stopped overnight, and that's where they were going to camp. The problem with the children of Israel sometimes is when the pillar was stopped, they kept going. Or when the pillar was moving, they stood still. That's the reason we need to understand that he is placed in this house to give instruction on when to move and when not to move. Right? By faith. You need to have your battle plan together and use faith to defeat the devil. I'll give you one more, and I'll continue next week. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. Now, to me, one of the most miraculous things about that scripture is that they walked around the wall of Jericho once a day for six days, and nobody said nothing. Not a word, not a peep, not anything. To me, that's a miracle. Because I just have to say something, I guess. But on the seventh day, they were told when you walk around, when you march around the walls, that you walk around them seven times. And on the seventh time, what were they told to do? 
I'm sorry? Shout! Shout! Allow the shout to come back to your house. Allow the shout to come back to you. Well, that's emotionalism. Listen, if the Bible says that God cried, that's emotionalism. Hey, he'll, he'll make sure that everything's under control in the house. It won't get too emotional. That's one thing I like about our church is there's a balance between spirit and word. It's not all spirit and it's not all word. There's a balance. Amen? So the walls fell. And they fell flat. And I've always taken them. I can see them going. Now, the walls of Jericho were three chariots thick. The walls of Jericho were three chariots thick, but yet they fell. But listen to this. Listen. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, with the trumpets, and it came to pass when people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat, so that people went into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. The word flat there means in a variety of applications, which means that the walls not only fell flat, they fell every which way. Because when God does something, he does it right. By faith, the walls of Jericho came down because they did what God told them to do. Stand with me, would you please? I'm talking about what's your battle plan. Does your battle plan include faith? Well, we're Christians. Well, sure, Pastor Mike, it's going to include faith. Don't be so quick to answer. Because I can sit up here and say all day, yes, I've got faith to move mountains. But when I'm not in the house of God and it's not Wednesday night infused and then the Holy Ghost is not moving on a Sunday and I'm faced with a mountain, do I still have that faith to defeat the devil? So I want to encourage you. Include in your battle plan faith. Read the word. Pray. Have faith. You do have faith. Don't let the devil tell you don't. Well, if you'd had faith, so-and-so wouldn't have died. There are some questions that will not be answered till we get to heaven. Thank you for listening today to the Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.